Welcome back to the Generation B podcast. I'm Renee. And I'm Greg. And this is episode number two. If you like the Bruins, make sure you subscribe and listen every week for a new episode. Just a reminder, if you go to coolhockey.com slash THPN and use the promo code THPN, you can get 20% off and free shipping in Canada. Again, that's coolhockey.com slash THPN. Use the promo code THPN for 20% off and free shipping in Canada. Today, we want to talk about the free agency and everything that's going on during this offseason, this weird offseason that's happening right now, because obviously last year the season was cut short and then they finished with the playoffs and it was a bit of a mess. Yeah, we'd be getting ready for the start of the season, actually. Yeah, and it just ended. The the cup was just awarded last week as of when we're recording this. And uh, it's just it's weird how this season ended and then started back up again. And now it's officially over. Uh, I have seen that they're wanting to start next season officially in like December, January time. I'm fine with that as long as they don't make them do a whole entire season because that's a lot of games crunched into nothing, basically. Well, they're either going to crunch them all in or they're going to be playing till August. Yeah, again. And then the cup will be awarded in September again. Yeah, I mean, that's just... I would really like to see him cut back on the games. Now, during the offseason, Bruce Cassidy was awarded the Jack Adams Award uh, earlier this last month. Very deserving. Wait a minute. Which offseason? The offseason <laughs> uh, before or, or after? after the playoffs? <laughs> Uh, and also, David Pasternak was named the first team NHL All-Star for the first time, making him just the second right wing in Bruins history to earn the honor after Ken Hodge. Now, my dad and I, we talked about this uh, last week. He couldn't believe that he was the second ever right wing in team history because you didn't believe who had I never done it? I couldn't believe Cam Neely, Cam uh, Neely. had never been named first team all-star that's no. just inconceivable Pasternak is the second ever uh Brad Marchand and Tuka Rask were named second team NHL all-stars for the all-star game that is going to be played Saturday January 30th 2021 hopefully I mean obviously depending on COVID and everything going on hopefully that will be the plan Marchand uh this is his third all-star honor he was on the first team in 2016-2017, second team in 18 and 19, and then Rask was named first team in 2013-2014. So now they're back on second teams. What's really sad about Pasternak is the fact that uh I mean he had such an incredible season going before it got cut short. I mean, you know, he had Yeah, he was killing it. Oh, he was just doing so well and and uh you know, 48 goals. Almost 50-50, such a milestone for hockey players. And, man, he had 12 more games to do it, and he it's so disappointing. Also, this last summer, Pasternak won the Rocket Richard Trophy with uh, Washington's Alex Ovechkin as the league leader with career-high 48 goals. And uh, he's only 24. I know. I say this all the time. It's weird to me when professional athletes – are younger than me because I'm used to looking up to them and being like, oh my gosh, she's like 25, 30 years old. Well, I'm 25. <laughs> like, how are people younger than me in professional sports? That doesn't seem possible. He actually had career highs and assists this year, 47 and 95 points in the shortened 70 game season that yeah, they had. He, he would have had 12 more games to accumulate more numbers yeah. and, and it's just... Really a shame for him that he couldn't uh, do that. But, you know, talk about Rocket Richard real quick. Um, 
I love the hockey nicknames. I mean, he was called the the Rocket because he obviously was a very fast skater. But when his little brother came along, his brother was smaller than him, so they called him the Pocket Rocket. <laughs> I mean, some some nicknames are just so great. But, you know, before we get too far along, I want to mention um, the Bruin family lost a guy, uh, Bobby Miller, who played four seasons with the Bruins back in the late 70s and early 80s. Um, he was young. He was very young, only 64 years old. And uh, he was part of the team, the 77-78 team. That had 11 players, just think about it, 11 players on one team that scored 20 or more goals. Wow. I mean, that's that's basically half of your team scoring wow. 20 or more goals. But he also played for the 76 Olympic team. And I just like to mention, uh, you know, we're, we're sorry for his loss. And they didn't give a cause of death. I don't know what was going on. I'm, yeah. Well, and like I said, he was only 64. 64. I mean, so. that makes me feel, being 65, <laughs> it makes me think, of, what the heck? Yeah, but so uh, our uh, condolences to his family and yeah. anyone, uh, fr- friends, family, uh, Bruin family, all of that. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bulls broadcast where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neunschwander. Anthony Neunschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh no, Jado yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was like asleep in all of German too. Oh, you you, she, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was like me and I don't know five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible class. <laughs> No, we weren't a terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Now, with the next season uh, really up in the air... Uh, Cam Neely had came out and he did a little press conference and he was talking about next season and he says, and I quote, team will take a hard look at the roster this offseason. So, I mean, there's rumors that Chara might retire. Um, There's a lot of free agents, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But for him to say, I mean, that's a little scary. (laughs) Well, it's like, what are you going to do? Bring in a whole new team, or like, what's your plan? Well, that's that's just part of the game. Unfortunately, you know, the money has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't know about Chara if he's going to retire or not. Uh, they can't, in my mind, they cannot get rid of Tory Krug. Right. I just I love that guy, and. To me, he's he's one of the valuable cogs in the wheel. 
I have uh, the article up right now. I got all my information today from NHL.com slash Bruins, obviously their main feed. Um, on Tory Krug, Cam Neely said, I understand the player side. Being a player, you certainly understand where the players' heads are at. And times I don't begrudge Tory if we can't work something out that makes sense for him and his family. I do not begrudge him for looking to see if he can get a better deal elsewhere. We love Tory. We love what he's brought to the organization, both on and off the ice. He's turned into a fabulous leader for us. But at the end of the day, both sides have to do what they feel is right. Us for the organization and Tory for him and his family. So I think the ball's in his court. Yeah, I mean. It's going to be what he wants to do. And if. I mean, maybe he wants to try to find somewhere closer to Michigan where he's from, spend more time with his immediate family, parents, uh, siblings. Yeah, I can understand all that. But, man, once you put on that B, you're like a permanent part of the family. And you hear so many guys, (laughs) so many guys that, I mean, like, look at Raymond Bork, born in Montreal. And now he lives in Boston. I mean, that just goes to show you what the community and the team right. is for these guys. It's, I mean, It's a strong community. It's a strong relationship between the players and the community. I mean, it, the Bruins do so much for the community also. It's just, you know, so, so many guys stay in Boston. And, you know, it, it's just a remarkable place. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like I said, I, I just... I just can't imagine the Bruins without Tory Krug. Yeah. I mean, as much as I love Chara, I would rather see him retire and use some of that money to, to keep in Tory Krug. I mean, Chara, I know he said he, he wants to keep playing and everything. I, I got mixed emotions about it. I mean, you know, the playoff run against the Blues, I mean, you could see that he was running out of yeah. gas. and He was struggling. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, you know, it's totally understandable. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 43 years old. He's played, you know, 14 seasons just with the Bruins and, what, 20, 21 years in the, in the entire league? I, yeah. I'll never forget when he uh, when he signed with the Islanders and, and the first few times watching him play as a rookie. I mean, here's this guy who's like 65 feet tall. <laughs> against, to be exact. Against... <laughs> All these little guys. It's like uh, he 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 was so he looked so uncoordinated mm-hmm. and everything. I mean, well, when people say, "Oh, he's a dirty player. He hits hard." Blah blah blah. That I feel like that's just him. Like he's had a few, you know, dirty plays. But ultimately, when you have Chara smack into a guy who's half his size, right? You know, it's gonna look <laughs> like it's bad. And really, as strange as it sounds. He's kind of at a disadvantage for being so tall because he ha- he doesn't have leverage on anybody. Right. Everybody's got leverage on him. And, you know, if you know anything about sports and leverage, you know, that makes a big difference. And that poor guy being 6'9", doesn't have leverage on anybody. And he's still, he's had a heck of a career. Yeah. I mean, if if anybody wants to go back and see, you know, what he looked like as a rookie, just you know, YouTube, New York Islanders, the Daniel Chara, mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll wonder how he even got this far. Now, with a normal season, you have the uh, free agency that would kick off around July 1st. Um, obviously, that has not been the case this year. October 9th 
is when everything's going to get started, uh, and the draft is going to be October 6th and 7th. Now, when this gets posted, it's going to be like a day or two after everything. So we're just going to talk about the free agency this week, and then next week, once it gets started, uh, we'll hit more on that. But, man... You have Captain Zdeno Chara and Tori Krug are set to become unrestricted free agents. And then DeBrusque and Grizzlick are restricted free agents. Yeah. I mean. What are your thoughts? I, I know what's going through your mind, but I feel like you don't want to say it out loud. Well, you know, Jake DeBrusque. <laughs> Jake. He's a guy. That, I mean, some games he looks like he's going to be a superstar. In other games, you're looking for number 74. Is, mm-hmm. is he out there? You know, and, and it just too many games you're asking, is he out there? Yeah. Last year's playoffs, uh, I mean, he had a killer season. And then the playoffs, it was like, Hello? Is the is this thing on? Debr- Jake DeBrusque, please do something. And there's a lot of players who are like that, but then they make up for it. And I feel like right. he just hasn't had the makeup yet. Yeah, you would like your whole team to be consist of uh, Patrice Bergeron's. Bergeron does everything. Mm-hmm. And yet there's other guys who, you know, they're just not made up that way. I mean, you know, last week we were talking about Tyler Sagan. Right. Um, You know, if Tyler Sagan isn't scoring goals, you know, you're wondering if he's out there just like number 74 at times. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, obviously Tyler Sagan's more skilled than Nebraska is, in my opinion. A little uh, more years on him, too, obviously. Right. He's got, I mean, Sagan's got more speed, which is... You know that's one of his biggest assets, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a tough call. You hate to see anybody go, obviously, but you know in this day and age where money plays such a big role, I mean, do you want to keep paying a guy that you don't know if he's going to show up? Yeah, I mean it's a game to game basis with him, literally. Yeah, and like I said, some games he just looks outstanding, and it happens. This isn't us, just you know. Putting the dude down. Like, right. it happens. Maybe, you know. Yeah, he's certainly not the only player oh, on the no. Bruins or the league no, not that, at all. Uh, you know, plays an outstanding game. And then, you know, for three games, you're wondering if he's out there. Now, we talked about Krug a little bit. Obviously, that's, I think that would be the main one I'd be sad to see leave. Even if, if Chara decided to retire, okay, great. Go retire. Go do what you need to do. Spend time with family. Relax, <laughs> number one. Obviously, this guy's been playing forever. Uh, but man, if Krug leaves the Bruins, well, even if Char doesn't retire this year, and the Bruins have gotten rid of Krug, yeah, I mean that's two gigantic cogs in the uh-huh. wheel. Well, like I said before, and you may not agree with me, but I think him and Rask single-handedly took them to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Single-handedly, though, if if it wasn't for the heart and dedication of Krug and the skill of Rask, which I know a lot of people like to say that Rask is bad and he's the reason why they haven't won a cup and blah blah blah. But then it's it's the exact same people who this year when Rask got out of the bubble was saying, "Oh, 
We need him. We need him. We need Rask because that's how we're going to win. But last year, weren't you just saying he needs to go away because he's the reason why we haven't won a cup? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I've never understood why so many Bruin fans are, are against Tuka Rask. I, I have no idea. I mean, I think the guy's outstanding. Sure, you know, he's had his moments. But that's every player. Right. He's had his games where he's looked absolutely horrible. Yeah. But, you know, that happens to everybody, and you just hope it doesn't happen too often. Mm -hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, what kind of team would the Bruins have had all these years? I I know you you can't say for sure because you don't know who they would have had instead of Rask. Right. But just looking back... You know, what kind of team would the Bruins have had if it hadn't been for Rask? Yeah. Rask is an outstanding goalie, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. And even the um, the backups that they've gotten, they, they've all stepped up. Halak, Hudobin when he was with them. I mean, they're all fantastic goalies, so I, I don't understand. Even if Rask wasn't playing... They have a killer person to fall back on, but right, but some Bruin know. fans just don't seem to care or enjoy it. I don't know. Right. The thing with backups, though, is most most of them are backups for a reason. Mm-hmm. They they just I don't know. It's just it's weird. They just don't seem to have it in the long run. Yeah. You know, like like relief pitchers. Relief pitchers are relief pitchers for a reason. You know, they. Relief pitchers, they got it for an inning or two, and then that's it. That's usually why they are relief pitchers, because they run out of gas or they they don't have the consistency or whatever. And it's the same way with goaltending. But, yeah, I'm, I've am i been a big Tuka Rask fan his entire career. And uh, the, the only sad thing is they've, they've came so close. I mean, yeah, he's got one ring, but... He was back up to Timmy Thomas. Right. So he's never led a team to the cup, and that's got to be a thorn in this guy's side. earned the ring. And and the fact that they came so close against the Blues. Yeah. I mean, that was just so disheartening. (laughs) It still hurts a little bit to talk about. (laughs) Oh, it hurts more than a little bit, especially under the circumstances, you know. Right. I mean. It it was like this year's uh, Stanley Cup Finals. A lot of weird calls, a lot of no calls, and a lot of calls that shouldn't have been calls. <laughs> and it it was just, it was a lot. And it was against the Bruins and the Blues. There was a lot that was just not there. But the, but the, the things that really stand out in that Blues series were the, either, most of the no calls against the, the Blues. Mm-hmm. I mean, in game five, especially the slew foot, the no call on the slew foot that led to a blues goal yeah. that eventually turned out to be the game winner. I mean, you know, that that could have been a series changer right there because the Bruins are already down one to nothing. That happens and the Blues are up two nothing. So in reality, the Blues should have been up one nothing and the Bruins would have had a power play. Right. And, you know, we all know that their power play was phenomenal that year. It's been phenomenal the, for quite a while but the perfect line or whatever they call it yeah the perfection line perfection line there we go i haven't heard it so long because they yeah. were kind of invisible <laughs> this last playoffs. well and not only that i think a lot of people 
during the uh, COVID break, it was easy to just kind of lose track of hockey because right. I, there was it, nothing it, going on. Yeah, it ended abruptly. You mm-hmm. didn't know if they were going to continue or not, or just start up with the new season. I mean, yeah, it, it was, was just, just a really weird time. It, yeah, it was it was a weird year, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Cam Neely summed it up for all Bruin fans when they showed him in the press box after that no call. Oh, and he threw that water bottle. And he threw bottle. that water bottle. Yeah. I mean, that kind of summed it up for every every Bruin yeah. fan. Well, and, and not only that, I don't want to sound like the fan that's like making excuses or anything, but when the announcers are even agreeing that like, come on, something else should have happened. You should have called this. It's not just a a fan being bitter about their team losing. There were things that really went against the Bruins. Oh, it was just incredible. And it's the second year in a row. <laughs> well, I was going to say, when when you go back to the Tampa series. Yeah, that was a mess. I mean, some of the no calls against the Bruins in that series were incredible. Marchand with the breakaway is the one that stands out uh-huh. the most. And he gets slashed right across the hands. And nothing. And absolutely nothing. Yeah, I, uh, man. It's sometimes it's hard to be a Bruin fan. It seems to go against the Bruins an awful lot, but overall, officiating in hockey is just—I mean, it's the worst yes. of all sports. Yeah, I mean, they are very seconds football. <laughs> they are very consistent at being inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah, just, because one game, the thing, this same thing will be called six times, but then in the next game, none of them are called. Yeah, and it's the same thing that happened in the last game. It's just it's unbelievable, and it can be so frustrating to be a fan. Yeah, you know, no I, matter what team you're watching. Oh, exactly. But I mean, the Bruins throughout the years they are one of the, however you want to look at it, the top or bottom teams that have the least amount of power play opportunities, mm-hmm. and they're consistently at the bottom of the list. And it's like, is you know, I hate to be a conspiracy guy, but how are the Bruins constantly on the bottom of that list? Yeah. It's just weird. It It, it is weird. It's, <laughs> I don't know. It makes you wonder. Now, uh, Chara, let's get back to him a little bit. He said that he wants to return and is committed to play in the upcoming season. Um, I guess he signed separate one-year contracts for each of the last two seasons. That makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, he said, I feel strong physically and that I'm positive. I believe I can still play this game and contribute to the team. Now, you and I have said before watching him that sometimes, I mean, he just looks like a rock out there. Like he just stands around and he's doing nothing. But then other times, I mean, he's Chara. So I don't know. Sometimes like looking at him and I think I've said before while watching a game, would you just retire? <laughs> and then other times I'm like, yes, Chara, you're killing it. It's just. <sighs> well, I was so hoping if the Bruins would have won the cup a couple years ago mm-hmm. that maybe Z would have hung it up. Yeah. Go out a winner. I mean, you know, that's the I classic scenario. I think that's scenario. just what he's looking for. He just wants to get that ring. Well. The highest honor in hockey. <laughs> they all do. But you don't. You don't want to see. You have to know when to stop. It's a delicate line because 
you love the game, mm-hmm. you want to play as long as you possibly can, but you don't want to go out, you don't want to end your career being one of the worst players on the ice because you're just too old. You you know, he's had a lot of injuries. Right. You know, they take their toll, obviously. You don't want to be the guy that everyone's begging to retire. Right. right. <laughs> like, and I don't think he's there yet. Like, like I've said, I you know, I've said a few things while watching the game, but ultimately I'm not the one out there playing, so I have no room to say anything. I've never played hockey. I've just watched it. Well, they definitely cut back on his ice time last year, and, and yeah. that was definitely a good idea. But uh, it, it's just too bad. If they'd have won the Cup, it would have been awesome if he'd have retired and went out a winner, but obviously that didn't happen. So I guess we'll just have to see what happens. Don Sweeney said that Chara has always been an iconic player for us, an important player, and they're going to explore opportunities with him and other players that um, have the UFAs or RFAs and check off the boxes and uh, – they're going to figure out his contractual situation in that process as well. So we'll see. I mean, I I hope they don't just get rid of him. I hope if he leaves and is done, it's on his terms. Well, and you think about it, being unrestricted. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, is is another team. <laughs> yeah. like Like, is there a team out there that's missing a veteran defenseman that they think would put him over the top and, and be a cup contender Yeah, and make well, him an offer he couldn't refuse. And Chara says, I love Boston. I love the city. I think we have the best fans in the world. I have no plans to move or go anywhere else. We will see what the future holds. And it's that last sentence that's kind of just like, we'll see what the future holds. But also, if something better comes along... By Boston, you were the best city. You were the best fans in the world. You know, it's just one of those things. And like I said, not knocking the guy. Right. Not not that he'll ever listen to this. But <laughs> I just I want to make it clear that like this is just opinions of us. Right, right. And and you know, looking at another Bruin icon, Ray Bork. I mean, who who would have ever thought that he would have left? Yeah, and, and then got that cup and. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) Yep. He had the, I mean, the Bruins were, they were not looking good at all. And he was coming, he knew he was coming to the end of his career. I mean, he had never won a cup. I mean, at least Z won a cup. Yeah. But Ray had never won a cup. And, um, you know, he he had the chance to go to Colorado. And, uh, you know, they didn't win it when he first got there. But the following year, they... They did win it, and um, it's tough. I mean, I was a – well, I am a huge Ray Bork fan. Like we mm-hmm. talked last week, <laughs> we named, named our beagle dog. after him, you know. <laughs> I mean, if that's not love, I don't know what it is. Yeah. But, um, you know, I hated to see him go, and I still have mixed emotions about him leaving the Bruins. Well, yeah. I, I mean, mean, obviously, that's where he got his start, and that's where you watched him his right. entire career. But I, I do remember um, – the night that they won the Stanley Cup, when you got home from work, we had decorated the house with Colorado Avalanche stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, you like the guy, because one of my biggest memories as a kid, you know, you never see your parents cry. You never see your dad upset or anything. And when Bork retired, my dad had tears in his eyes. And I was like, Dad's crying. But now looking back, I mean, if Bergeron were to retire, I'd be the same way. <laughs> like, it, it's coming to an end, and I didn't realize that as a kid. But, I mean, that's just how much you like the guy. Well, actually, I remember that 
vividly, <laughs> and I was shocked that it just they were playing his highlights mm-hmm. and all that. All and the it years, just, it just hit me, man. I don't, I don't know. Well, not only do weird. you watch them play the game, but it's also like you know you grow watching them. Like you spent how many years watching this one guy playing a game, and then yeah. he retires, and that's that's it. That's the end, and it's. It's sad, but it's also like, wow, you had such a great career. Now you're right. retiring. Congratulations. The only sad thing, like like I said, is he didn't win a cup with the Bruins. And they had yeah. teams that probably should have, could have mm-hmm. won the cup. I mean, you go back through the years, those the series against um, Edmonton were – where uh, Glenn Wesley had a wide open net and he back in overtime and he backhanded it over the top of the crossbar. It's like, you know, there's just so many heartbreaking moments for Bruin fans because yeah. they've had so many good teams. They should have more cups than what they have, just like the 2011 team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that team was a heck of a team, and they probably should have at least one more cup. You yeah, know, there. I mean, and it's that way for the Bruins a lot. Like. You you go back to the to the years when they won the cup in seventy and seventy two. That team probably should have had two more cups. I mean, they were just a phenomenal team, but unfortunately the World Hockey Association came along and gotcha. you know, the huge money was being thrown at these guys and I know Jerry Cheevers left, Johnny McKenzie left, Derek mm-hmm. Sanderson left. Well, because and- at that point you can't hate a player for leaving for more money if especially if they have a family. I mean Okay, sorry, I take that back, kind of. You're already making millions of dollars. Well, not then. They were well, making right. millions of dollars in the early 70s. Right, but nowadays you're making millions of dollars. What's an extra $2 million to you? Right, I mean, all, right. That does is, all that does is make the government happy because it's more taxes that are being taken out. Yeah, I've never understood that. You know, you see in all sports, you see players leave for just a little bit more money. It's like... Yeah. You know, you're going to uproot your whole family just for for what? I mean, and how not much... only that, but I'm sure for the team that you're already playing for, it looks good if you stick around, if you're like, if you turn down that extra money and you're like, no, I want to play for this team. Right. I, I don't know. I think it ruins credibility sometimes. Yeah, but, you know, I, I think from their aspect, you know, they, they know that, they have such a short time, right. sh- a short career. And I wish it, I was in that position to turn down a couple million dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, All right, next, good luck with that. Yeah, next week we're going to talk about uh, the free agency and what's been going on because probably by the time of next week's episode it's going to be done or a lot of changes have been made or nothing's changed at all, which kind of hoping for. <laughs> yeah, it should be interesting. Like I said, I... I hope, I hope nothing happens with Tory Krug. I mean, I know, but just just real quick, I wanted to say one thing about Ray Bork when he won the Cup with Colorado. Mm-hmm. I was so hoping that somewhere along the line he was going to take off that Avalanche jersey and underneath it he was going to be wearing a Boston Bruin T-shirt, <laughs> property of the Boston Bruins. Oh my God, that would have been awesome. Maybe he was, and we never seen that. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, maybe he wore a Bruin shirt underneath. It every game, and that was his good luck. 
But that just goes to show you, you know, here he went to Colorado, won the cup there. He's born in, he was born in Montreal. And mm-hmm. where does he go back to live the rest of his life? Boston. Boston. That just goes to show you that, uh, you There's know. something about it. Yep. That doesn't happen everywhere. Yeah. So next week, uh, the episode, hopefully we don't have too many changes to talk about. But to make a good podcast episode, hopefully we do. <laughs> Again, I'm Renee. And I'm Greg. And this has been a Generation B podcast. See you next week.